Uh, hang on. Let me let me start things up here. Sounds like inside your computer. Wow. Yeah, I, my computer is a PS2. Wow. I've got a PS1 here as well. Hang on. Bruh. Oh, it froze. <laughs> well, that sounds about par for the course. Yeah. No, I've um, I've acquired a lot of new excellent sound clips. I look forward to hearing them. Would, would you like to hear them? I mean, I don't want to hear them all right now. Oh, well, I too mean, bad. Wow. And then I've also got uh, and then we've got uh, I've been waiting for this. What is that? I've been waiting for this. What? I've been waiting for this. What is that from? Not the big surprise. I don't know. (laughs) My man. And then of course we have (laughs) Do you know what that one is? I don't know what that is. That's when you die in Grand Theft Auto Five, and it says I've, "wasted." I've, n- I've never played a Grand Theft Auto. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> I, Ladies and uh, gentlemen, we got him. Fatality. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> play Mortal Kombat. We got him. Put this. What? <laughs> what I'm interested in is uh, hearing about your IKEA experience. Uh, what? Uh, my uh, ikea experience i went to ikea today yeah it's, um, said something to, about that to purchase some items um ikea is a very stressful place speaking um, of things i've never done i've never been to an ikea right so it's um it's a big crowded furniture store that is mm-hmm. literally set up like a maze on purpose oh fun and people come from many hundreds of miles or even thousands of miles around because there's not that many of them. Yeah. Um, and it's a very, um, a very good example of the necessity of the, um, application of keep moving and get out of the way. Um, because nobody does that in an Ikea. Um, everyone's standing around, they stop walking in the middle of the aisle way and like, look at the map or whatever. They're just like slack jawed and drooling. Yeah. They're just totally overwhelmed. They're disoriented. They're confused. And meanwhile, I'm like trying to get through it as quickly as possible. And people just, I'm walking quickly behind someone and they just stop in the middle of the aisle way. And there's like couches on both sides. So I just have to like quickly stop so I don't bowl over them. Yeah. And yeah, it's just people are, you know, they have so they have carts on the bottom level. They have little shopping carts. And the trick with the shopping carts is that all four wheels can turn instead of just the front two wheels. Oh, like and no one like major drift. No one knows how to handle this properly. They don't know how to actually turn their cart. So there's a lot of cart um, collisions they, with other they carts to, or with they try people. to steer their cart. Right. And you end up just cart. sort of drifting it. Mm. yeah and then basically the cart rotates but it continues going in the same direction that it was going yeah and then you knock things over and cause issues and yeah it's just um it's very bad there's a bunch everyone's very stressed out because they can't figure out which sofa they want you know they're arguing with their significant other about which color and material yeah and it's just a it's a harrowing experience it was very frustrating 
I'm glad that I've never been now. It sounds like don't they don't they have um like a cafeteria or something? They have they like do, meatballs? yes. It's like a cafeteria style thing. And I got the Swedish meatballs. They're pretty good. They're not See, bad. That's, it's that's qu- been... it's quite cheap. That's the appeal of it, is that it's like for an entire meal. It's like, like a Costco $7. kind of dollars. Yeah. You know, where you're like, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna go here to shop, but I mean I'm gonna like a dollar fifty for a hot dog and a drink. Right. Like yeah. what's the yeah. Seems silly not to pass it up. And if you have a kid, you can feed them real cheap, which is like Yeah. One of the that's, one of the appeals. That's kind of them. But uh, you know, IKEA I used to like IKEA furniture and then I yeah. bought some. And um <laughs> yeah, it's all very cheap and and bad wow. and temporary and it just doesn't last long. It's not particularly well built. It's a little mm-hmm. too minimalist in its design sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's not the right solution for everything is what i've learned to me, something, IKEA, there are some pieces of ikea furniture that are great namely their little like um storage square things mm-hmm. i don't know if you've seen those you've probably seen those in pictures like, like, like i have a bunch cool. of those those are great because you can just put all sorts of stuff in them but yeah like anything like like a bed frame would be fine but like all of their sofas are terrible um and you know like i wouldn't buy a mattress from them either that would be weird but like i have i have my set of drawers is from ikea and it's pretty nice but yeah you just have to pick it's, and choose the right kinds of things it seems like ikea furniture is is always like that furniture that your friend had in their um their like playroom that was like broken and there was like shards of particle board around one corner so they turned it around the opposite yep. way yep. it's supposed to like that's what it's i always all made a particle board that's ikea furniture yeah yeah <laughs> but hey, i mean it is possible to get high quality furniture from ikea but it is much more expensive yeah okay so. i was i was wondering about that because it seems like there are giant stores. It can't all be like the super mega cheap stuff. Like no, there's stuff. there's definitely nicer stuff. Like you can get like a TV. You know, you can get like a TV stand that costs like thirty dollars and is made of particle board with veneer, or you mm-hmm. can get one that's made of like metal and glass, but it's like three hundred and forty nine dollars. So yeah, it just depends. That's the thing, though. Is you know, um, when you're at that price point, the thing that distinguishes them from like a normal furniture store is mainly the design. Because their design they've, is definitely a lot more modern. They've got that that Nordic looking, yeah, clean white Very room, squared off, line square. Yeah, not a lot of ornamentation. Hmm, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yep i i i I probably will steer clear. Yeah, <laughs> I bought some pillows for my couch, and it turns out they're not very good pillows. You're like already disappointed. I am. They're kind of flat. They're not very supportive. That's, that's what I feel like. Now, I wonder if it's just because Swedes are such diminutive folk. Like, right. I, when I envision Swedes, I envision like, I mean, they're kind of hardy, but they're small. They're not like, yeah, they're not like wimpy, but they're just like almost, almost dwarven. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. I think they're just kind of <laughs> shrunk down a little bit. And, mm-hmm. They probably don't take as much cushion as an American. Right. Americans require more cushion. We do. I require it to feel luxurious. And it does not. (laughs) Well, the thing that I wanted to really talk about today. Mm -hmm. 
apparently, because like what? everything everything I've been throwing into our our show note possible topics list huh. is is about salad. <laughs> I don't know why. The price. It's just like you know things are starting to like it's that part, time of the year where things are like warming up. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, remember well, vegetables? <laughs> yeah. Remember I'm still those? waiting, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, in California, it is. I've got. Yeah. yeah. Is it? It's still fairly cold here. It's been warming up on some days, but like today, it's still pretty cold. It's it's 63 degrees outside right now. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> it's definitely pretty, not pretty. that warm here. Yeah. Well, yeah. the first thing I wanted to talk about is uh, an article published in The Atlantic. Mm, you know, we've talked it. about that's my my <laughs> most quoted <laughs> news source. It seems like, yeah, um, is a a plant known as arugula, mm. and uh, the title is arugula. America blew it on a arugula. 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 It is a vegetable. Vegetable. It's a uh, a leafy green, and it certainly looks like leaves, <laughs> like just. Yeah. You're just eating leaves, basically. There was this. You're, there's no fooling around like lettuce where it doesn't really look leafy, even though it is. No, it's. There's no. There's you're no, eating a leaf. There's no shredded arugula. Like it's just yeah. you're getting a pile of leaves. Yeah. Basically. The, it's the, someone's the, compost pile. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There was this show that used to come on Nickelodeon back when I was a kid. Mm. That was a cartoon, and like some of the main characters of the cartoon were koalas. It was one of those shows that was like, I feel like it was like a a French show that was animated by Japanese animators and then imported to English audiences or something. So it had a very not American feel to it. Interesting. And the koalas would always have these big wooden bowls full of leaves. That's that. That's what they're eating. Mm-hmm. And it always just like, that's what I just wanted. I wanted a big wooden bowl full of leaves. And I would pretend like my macaroni and cheese, I would think it was just a big a wooden bowl. What the leaves. bowl? <laughs> a big, big wooden bowl of leaves. Yes. Um, so anyhow, well, I don't know. If you report ever... that today's fifth caller will receive a giant wooden bowl of leaves. <laughs> Have you ever had a No, I haven't. Or at least. I I don't know. It might have been a constituent of like some other meal, but I've never purposefully sought out arugula. Am arugula. I the, am I one of the reasons that it, we blew it? Yeah, good. We blew it. Good job. We blew it. Good job. The, <sighs> we blew it. the we thing about blew it. The, the thing about arugula is that it enrages me that kale became like super popular, and there's like kale in everything. And yeah, arugula and I feel like I've tried kale, and kale is not good. That's my kale is disgusting. That's okay? my hot take. Here's There's, my hot take on kale. Kale, you were banned from the server. Get out! <laughs> out now. Kale. Someone ask me if I want kale. Nope. Kale tastes like literally like you were licking a uh, a, a scab. Literally, like. <laughs> Like it's it's got this like irony, you know, like taste, uh, yeah, like a metal, yeah, like a right, a metal but an, taste. a completely unsatisfying texture. Yeah, a texture that suggests this is not something that you should be eating. 
not you eat it and normally it, considered edible. Every last ounce of moisture from your mouth is just like. Yeah, you might as well eat paper. <laughs> yeah, kale is gross. Now, like in some things, like if it's in like a a soup or something, and it's kind of like yeah, so you toned down, down a little bit. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> It's okay. Like it's in that you whatever that burned oh, the crap out of it. <laughs> that Zupa Toscana or whatever, you know, that Olive Garden soup that everybody likes with the, uh, the, the sausages. Zupa, Zupa <laughs> Toscana. <laughs> it's uh Yeah, it's you know. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> So you've been know, waiting. Just, you've been waiting for arugula. I've been I'm waiting for this. Arugula is really good. It, oh, that. Wait a minute. Like a we can brand it. Ruga. That's great. That's great. Ruga. 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 Some Ruga. <laughs> Hi. Um. I mean, that's like we could do like an ocean spray thing for cranberries, but call it like you know Ruga brand arugula. Ooh. Yeah, Ruga. we could do that. I didn't have anything more to say about Aruga, really. It's just like, I'm glad that there's an article. Well, so what's like, this article? It basically says that um, kale. Kale sucks kale, arugula. arugula. and so arugula, arugula rules. Like, I see arugula, but usually at a restaurant, arugula signifies to me that this restaurant is like hoity-toity. You know? Like yeah. They're a, they're, a, they're a fancy restaurant on Yelp. They're probably, you know, their cuisine type is probably new American. The, the the thing about we, we make thing about America. arugula is unlike other greens, it has its own taste that's good. Like it's yeah. a little peppery. It's a little. It's 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 good on its own. It's not like lettuce where you use it as a vehicle for something else. Hmm. So when I make salads, I'll I'll they'll probably be like at least fifty percent arugula, mm-hmm. like and then I'll put in lettuces and other leafy greens, but. If the if the salad mix or something doesn't have arugula, like I will get just my own arugula to put it in there because it's just delicious. You you're not a big salad guy, huh? I am not. No. Um, the only way that I've found to make salads tolerable is to drown them in dressing, which I understand sort of defeats the purpose of a salad. You know what? I actually well, I mean, look, don't take advice health advice from me. I as a rotund gentleman, like. Look, I'm not a doctor. Look, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a health tician. Okay, health tician. <laughs> I'm not a healthist. Yeah, but um, I, I feel like you're still eating all the good stuff. Like, just having the extra on top of it doesn't negate all of the other good stuff. I don't think. Like, well, would you rather have yeah, someone just? I suppose eat the it's true. You're still, dressing? Ha- you're still getting like the fiber or whatever. But if the dressing is yeah. particularly fatty or salty or carby, that could can be an issue yeah i mean like if it's like basically kool-aid that's have you ever had some of those dressings that's like you're basically pouring oily kool-aid it's mm, like so sweet yeah or thousand island dressing which is basically ketchup and mayonnaise you're fooling yourself if you think otherwise i i used to love thousand island dressing it was like my vehicle to loving salad mm-hmm. like so i got into salad when i played football because it was like, you know, during the summer we'd be practicing and I'd, you know, burn like four bajillion calories at football practice. I'd come home. Every single one of my extremities felt like it was about to just like wither and fall off. Mm. And like, I felt like I was just, 
I had turned into some sort of supernova. Like I was just <laughs> emitting energy. Like I was a hot ball of energy mm-hmm. and I was just starving, but I'd, I'd try to like make like a hamburger or something like substantive and mm-hmm. I would just eat it and I would immediately bleh. Mm. Oh wait, I have the sound for that. Buking and or fighting. <laughs> and that's what, it, that's what happened. But I was like so starving. And I realized that I could eat salad. Like my body wanted like vegetable power. Clean eating. Yeah. Vegetable, I, vegetable power. It's like my engine had changed from being like a diesel engine to like some sort of biofuel. Mm. Like an eco. Mm-hmm. What's it called? The the. <laughs> eco fuel whatever the flex oh, fu- flex fuel you flex fuel yeah well, it was a flex fuel <laughs> so i i just that's when i was like got into salad but i couldn't just eat like lettuce so i just drench it in thousand island mm. and mm. i'd make like i'd come home from football and i'd get like a bowl that was like seriously like a whole salad bowl that you make like a whole family size salad in mm-hmm and I would chop up lettuce. I would chop up carrots. I would chop up onions. I, I, I mean, I was just adding like green onions and peppers and tomatoes. I, like everything in the fridge was going in. Anything that was a vegetable was going into, you know, I'd feel like, oh, we've got um, artichoke hearts. Let's throw those in. We've got uh, roasted peppers. Let's throw those in. We, I mean, everything was going in there and just be this giant big salad. And then I put that thousand nine dressing and then i put a lid on the or a plate on top of the bowl and i'd shake it and go to get it completely coated in dressing Mm -hmm. and oh so good so ever since then i've just been really into salad and i feel like Mm. the thing that people who don't like salads haven't experienced is the salad that's like got a bunch of stuff in it yeah i don't know that i've ever had a good like a well-constructed salad, you know, like all the salads that I've had seem to be like, here's a plate of lettuce with like three grape tomatoes and (laughs) six matchstick carrots. And that sucks. And like some Parmesan cheese. And it's like, lettuce is not appetizing. Like lettuce is filler. (laughs) It's there to take up space. It's like if someone gave you like a a plate of, of like tortillas, like here's some, a plate of, corn tortillas yeah here's a plate of yeah here's a plate of tortillas and here is you know the tiniest little bit of some beans three black beans <laughs> three black beans <laughs> and two little two little cubes of, of chicken <laughs> and like three kernels of rice yeah there and you're you like, go oh great great thank you that's really what i enjoy the most is the tortillas <laughs> clearly that's that's my favorite part is the tortillas so the bone no, appetite. You just, you just get it. You just get it, and it's just like what? You know? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, you're kind of like. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Bone appetite published this, and th- what really got me going was like. Bon appetit. Oh, bon appetit. Bon appetit. The new rules of salad. Oh. And as I was I, reading wait, these, hang on. Were there rules of salad originally? Like wh- I've got new rules. I'll count them. One. Um, You're like, only there, I, I'm confused. <laughs> Did, I, like, was this in the Constitution? Was this in the U.S. Code? Yeah, yeah, it's in the also, building code. <laughs> right, USC chapter. 
So the link isn't working, so I'm Googling it real fast. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a, it, The thing is, I, I saw it in Apple News. Well, it opened Apple News on my computer, and then Apple News said, this link what? is invalid. Oh, weird. Well, I'm sorry. If and you... now I've searched for the new rules of salad. Uh, Do you, is, is, are you finding it? I... This is a great radio. I can just tell you the rules. I mean. Oh, okay, great. I'll what? write it down. <laughs> I'll print you a copy and mail it to you. Great. Um, <laughs> the but the, the these are the rules that I discovered on my own, and so I realized like, oh, this is why I like salads and other people don't. So the first one is you're only as good as your greens, which we've kind of talked about. Like, if it's just like iceberg lettuce, it's your salad's gonna suck. Yeah, iceberg lettuce get some, is, like, is bad. You gotta get some radicchio. Mm. You gotta get some, some, some little gems, some little, you know, you gotta throw herbs in there. You gotta get like parsley and cilantro. Herbs. Dill. Cilantro. Cilantro's very good. You know, I took that 23 me into 23 and me test and it says that I should have a cilantro aversion. Mm. I I don't, I like cilantro. Power through it. (laughs) I, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe it is disgusting. And that makes me like question, like, well, what's wrong with all these other people who also have cilantro version and hate it? Like, yeah. if if I have it and I can eat it, what's wrong with them? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Food for mm. thought. Rule number mm. two. But you might be washing them wrong. And this talks about how to wash your salad so it's not soggy. You don't want a soggy salad. You need to use a salad spinner. Okay? Mm, I don't and, got one of those. Oh, well, you know. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> yeah, It's okay. It's okay. But you don't <sighs> really want it to be soggy. The other thing is you can do a salad without lettuce. You can use like um, cabbage that's like normally hard. But if you like salt it, it's like you're making like a quick kimchi or not like a quick kraut. So that's like sauerkraut is it's just like salted cabbage that you ferment. Mm-hmm, but if mm-hmm. you just salt the cabbage and let some of the liquid come out and it starts to like become soft, you can make a salad out of that. Hmm. And then the other thing is make it rain. Get you a microplane or a grater. And like Ooh, got, a bunch of stuff on there. I have one of them. You can do like a hard boiled egg. Um, what I really like is like nuts. You can like either grate them or you can put them mm. in a bag and like. Yeah, smash I've them seen up. like, you know, al- almonds. Yeah. On a salad. They add like. I think that would be good because that adds some crunchitude. Right. Yeah. Che- uh, Parmesan cheese term. is good. Crunchitude. You can, you can do some things with the vegetables. Pizza, pizza. Like, Rule new rule number six is give raw vegetables a plus one so you can roast them or grill them or pickle them, mm. you know, mm. like pickled chilies, you know, mm. pickled onions are really good. Mm-hmm. This rule is crazy. Um, your salad is this uh, or two, two vinegars is better than one. No, get that out of here. No, Ugh. What? um, what season you got to season your salad. Mm. So like that's what the the whole putting the salad dressing in the bowl and going sugar 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 sugar, sugar shaking it around. Mm-hmm. You want to really coat your salad with dressing. You don't just want the dressing sitting on top. Thoroughly coat. Yeah, but here's the thing that I think is like one of the best things is they call it's your salad is a seesaw. So like you need to have contrast. Uh, so if you've got uh, crunchy uh, lettuce, you need something soft. If you've got something acidic, you need something like sweet or salty you know what i mean like you've got to like have contrasts in this there. is very philosophical this is this is like a food philosophy that i think 
a lot of people who aren't good at cooking don't get. So your salad must be a seesaw. A, see- a see- seesaw. If you have something crunchy, it is uh, obligatory to contrast that with something of a softer texture. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I just overwhelm the senses. I'm really into salad, as you can tell. And if anybody has any salad questions or or salad hacks, I'd love to hear. Please email Aaron and not me. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot help you. (laughs) So. So uh, what uh, you heard of this guy, Pete Buttigieg? Everybody's talking about him. Everybody's talking about him. Everybody's talking about Mayor Pete. Big new Mayor Pete, South Bend, Indiana. Mayor Pete. Um, so we when did he first pop up on the scene? Well, it wasn't I've, that long ago. I first heard about him in 20 was oh, it 2017? Oh. Um the it was I think it was 2017 or 2016 Ladies the DNC <laughs> We got him. The there was the DNC uh president like debates oh, or the, yeah. or the D sorry, the D triple C. What are they called? Yeah. The, the party, the, the democratic party, party the democratic party. And it was, uh, it was basically like they, I, I remember it cause I saw it on CNN. They had like a debate. So they had different people. Um, they had like was Keith he Ellison and yeah. And Tom Perez was there okay. and I was like, Oh, please not Tom Perez. Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Like, drives me up the wall she's like the worst and that's and who so, we ended up with of course no 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 this is when they got tom perez oh it should well, have been said, keith ellison but right well that's what i'm saying <laughs> that we ended up with tom perez you didn't want tom perez of yeah, course we no, ended up with tom no, perez didn't want tom perez of course you well, didn't have what you wanted this is this is the democratic party we can't yes. have nice things we always so, have to step. so mayor pete he's been getting a lot of attention um he has a lot of star power in the same way that Beto does, I think. Very charismatic. In a similar way. Yeah. Um, very charismatic. Very, um, you know. It's an interesting well charisma. Spoken, well spoken, but not like is able to convey knowledge, but not in a way that in a way that people understand, you know. He speaks like he feeling. speaks like a normal person ish. Like he doesn't he doesn't right. sound like his, everything every line he's been fed by a consultant. Like it sounds like this is his thoughts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kind of down to earth, no mm-hmm. bullshit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um but when I first started hearing about him, I my instinct was that something was off i guess i don't know it didn't he didn't appeal to me in the way that he seemed to appeal so greatly to a lot of other people Uh, yeah and i think you had a similar kind of experience um i i maybe a little bit i don't know i kind of liked him i kind of my my thoughts on him were i don't know I'm not so sure about this guy. Like his background's kind of murky. Yeah. I mean, my first thought was that like, I'm not sure that being the mayor of a very small city in Indiana necessarily qualifies you to be president. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue that that anymore. 
but you know <laughs> yeah i just i just thought that he's he was a he's he said all of the things that people wanted to say and it, and it kind of like it, he has this look in his eye. He definitely like, ticked the boxes for a lot of people. He has this look in his eye when he says something like, was that the right thing? Did I do it? Did I get you? Did I like that kind of makes me like, yeah, mm, yeah, I don't know. And right. that's, that's unfair to like criticize someone just on the basis of that. So mm. I always just, I, I mean, I, I donated to him when he came out to be a presidential candidate just because mm. I thought, the thing, the policies and the stuff that he's talking about deserves a seat on the debates. Right. But I, I definitely didn't say like, Oh, I want him to be president. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and so when a lot of people that I interact with started getting really excited about him, I was like, okay, what am, what, what am I missing here? What's actually going on here? Because it's people got really excited. Like when whenever someone sort really? of bursts onto the scene and becomes very popular very quickly, I'm always a bit skeptical. Yeah, and it's like, okay, what is the what's underneath the surface here? It's funny because that was my reaction to Bernie Sanders. Like, yeah, when I first heard about I think Bernie Sanders. I, had the same I was reaction like, too. oh, who are these people just losing their minds over this guy? Like, I, like what's going on? Right. So, you know, I was willing to be, but I'm, I'm always cautious in evaluating like who I want to support or whatever. So I'm not really, even now, I'm not really sure that I'm prepared to throw my hat into the ring for any one particular candidate. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, you know, I think Pete's first big appearance was on pod save America and everyone was talking that up and they were like, Oh, if you haven't, you know, if you don't understand the hype yet, just listen to that and you'll, you'll get it. And I did. And I came away not super impressed to be honest it a lot of the things felt... that <laughs> it's like did i watch the same thing that everybody else did yeah exactly that's kind of how i've been feeling about <laughs> am i crazy like, am i, I like I'm taking crazy pills here <laughs> right um but then um current affairs came out with an article yesterday as we record this entitled all about pete in which they thoroughly dissect his um political biography which is entitled um, shortest way home one mayor's yeah. challenge and a model for america's future where he talks quite a lot about himself you know basically everyone who's a presidential candidate writes a book which yes. is supposed to be like yes. yeah except for him i guess no he did he wrote the one oh, about his son yeah oh right um <laughs> but you know it's supposed to sort of detail both who they are and then what they want to do um, we should debate our plans right yeah thank you joe um but yeah so um this is the thing so this article which is by well let's um, start start yeah it's by uh nathan j robinson right um and who has the weirdest accent he does all the world it's a very odd accent he sounds like he's from a he like he's he's one of those actors that just transitioned into the talkies Mm -hmm. so he he over announces every uh, enunciates everything Right. I think it's, it's like, like a transitional British is to it? American accent. I think, yeah, I think his parents are British. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, what um, Nathan did is he, he thoroughly dissected the um, book. And the long and short of it is that um, Pete spends a lot of time talking about himself and very little time talking about 
the concerns of others or really any substantive policy ideas. Um, and the sort of light that it shines on his background and his way of thinking is kind of concerning. And I feel that I guess this sort of uh, this sort of put into words all of the things that I was sort of feeling, you know, my sort of instinct was like that he was going to be this kind of a guy. And then, you know, the way that Nate Robinson presents it, he is that kind of a guy, you know, he's, he, he was, um, he served in the, uh, war on terror in Afghanistan. Um, Mm -hmm. and he kind of doesn't have a, like a critical reappraisal of that situation. He hasn't really, um, seemed to have done any sort of thinking about whether that was good and correct. Um, yeah. In what fact, was the point of all that? Yes, there was no excuse for a student like him to not voluntarily join the armed forces. You know, in the wake of I can think of like a lot of reasons not to join the armed forces. Right. So you know, he doesn't. I guess what this basically says is that um, Pete kind of lacks a lot of the fundamentals and the picture that ends up being painted is basically one of a sort of sense of entitlement and a sense of sort of being born to be president, setting yourself up for that. Like Mm -hmm. you can definitely see through his trajectory that he kind of, that was the intention, I guess, you know, he went to like, he was the son of Notre Dame professors. He went to, harvard and then he went to mckinsey and then well, no he went he went to he went to harvard then he went as a Rhodes scholar to oh oxford. that's right he went to oxford and then, oxford yeah. and then to mckinsey right. which is like a huge evil mega corporation <laughs> right <laughs> they do a lot of the ideating for like the most horrible regimes um but yeah so it's not good really- you get this idea, and I felt this with Beto too, especially when Beto just came out and said that he was born to be in the presidential race. And I was like, dude, like you weren't born to be in anything. That's not how this works. <laughs> so I, I get this sense of entitlement from both of them that they think that they sort of deserve to be president. Like they've ticked all the boxes in their mind and now they get to be president or whatever. Which is really scary to me. Yeah. The last person that I can remember that felt like they deserved to be president. I mean, I don't know if Donald Trump thinks he deserves to be president. I but, think he did when he started out. But George Bush definitely did. Yeah. Like it was right. my time. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. So there's <clears throat> these people that are just like, well, it's my turn now. And it's like, there's what? There's no turns. Like, it, this isn't a thing that you, this isn't like a coffee shop, like frequent you know, visitor card and yeah. now you've gotten 10 <laughs> things, you know, clipped out of it. So here's your free presidency. Like this is this, hard work and it matters. Something that I pulled out of this article that, that put words to an, a, a concern that I had that I was not really able to flesh out. But mm-hmm. once I read this, I was like, Oh, that's what it is. Um, I'm just going to read it real quick. If you so he's talking about his time in Harvard. This is a point in the article where uh, Robertson's reviewing Pete's book, where he's talking about when Pete was at Harvard. Mm-hmm. He said, "If you come out of Harvard without noticing that it's a deeply troubling place, you're oblivious. 
It's an inequality factory, a place that trains the world's A students to rule over and ignore the working class. And yet, nowhere does Buttigieg seem to have even questioned the social role of an institution like Harvard. He tells us about his professors, his thesis on Graham Greene. He talks about how interesting it is that Facebook was in its infancy while he was there. But what about all the privilege? Even Ross Douthat finds school's ruling class uh, elitism disturbing. Buttigieg thought the place fitted him nicely. And the the big like was when I when it talks when he talked about how interesting it was that Facebook was in its infancy when he was there. And that was like, oh, this is Zuckerberg. Yeah. It's kind of this the is, same yeah. The same, the same it's like feeling. a real lack of awareness, both of like self-awareness and also awareness. Like they're just honestly it's th- what I got from Buttigieg is that it seemed like he could have been someone that I grew up and went to high school with. You know, we we went to we were in a sort of affluent um, area, went to a, a, a high school where there were not a lot of um, it was, you know, predominantly white. And then, you know, it's, Why? it's a good high school, a good <laughs> yeah. school district. So you get into a good school and so on. And you never are really forced to confront like the systemic issues, the problems yeah. with the system. Instead, you are basically being made successful by the system you're taking advantage of the system and so what comes across completely you know what reads really weird from me is that he's trying to use the language of progressivism and you know he's trying to sort of take he's trying to align himself i think kind of in the same way as bernie um in a way of sort of like saying that he's going to you know tackle the system or whatever when he is a a product of that the system, system. <laughs> and he doesn't seem to have a whole lot of awareness about it. And the whole yeah. time he's been in the system, there's no evidence that he has done anything to confront it. Right. It talks about his tenure as mayor. Um, mm-hmm. And in the book, he talks a lot about the sort of things that he did as a mayor. And one of the things that he seems to spend a lot of time on was this initiative to demolish a thousand vacant houses in a thousand days. Um, and there's some language in, in there about they were able to get it done, you know, working with some places. But unfortunately, some people were, you know, you either had to make repairs to your house or they would condemn your house and demolish it. Wow. And, you know, there's some line about some people were unable or unwilling to make repairs, which is like Come on, man. <laughs> a really great way of skating around. Poor. The Probably they're poor. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's very all of this, you know. It makes sense to me. He worked at McKinsey like he's approaching all of this as a like cold, unthinking business person. It's all rows and columns. Everything, everything is numbers on a spreadsheet. Um, And it's even talks about, you know, like um, he doesn't talk in the book about like truly listening to the concerns of any like groups in the community in South Bend or anything like that. Um, And there's basically no mention of South Bend's like. Um, income inequality between whites and minorities and how stark it is and there it's just like not on his radar at all and not just stark like stark in comparison to other places of the same makeup you know that's that's what's interesting and that, i mean you know maybe nathan robinson is is not explaining this you know completely a hundred percent according to reality so you know you got to dig into the numbers and dig into that stuff but like the fact that it doesn't even get mentioned <laughs> in, right 
in the book is kind of like, yeah. oh. And his whole thing about he wants to make South Bend like Silicon Prairie and he wants to use machine learning and artificial <laughs> intelligence and big data to improve how the city runs. And it's just, those are all just nothing. Words. I don't want to, I don't want a tech anything. bro president. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that he's basically a kind of a technocrat. Like he doesn't really have concern. He doesn't really have his finger on the pulse of like the real issues. And I think one of the things is that that got me is that he's being touted as a, as a, like a millennial candidate, you know, he's the Mm. candidate for the millennials, but I don't, it certainly seems to me it's never mentioned anywhere. I don't think he ever had student loans or had student, debt at all and right i consider that kind of a prerequisite for being able to speak for and understand millennials like it's kind of a quintessential part of the millennial experience yeah and he doesn't have that i mean this is like joe biden has been rightfully raked over the coals for this because i think what was it he said like when millennials talk about their concerns he just doesn't want to hear them or whatever yeah i don't feel sorry for them yeah exactly and and so this is you know Pete hasn't said that explicitly, but it's like he's just not. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's got his finger on the pulse, really. I don't think I he's think the real deal. I guess this is, is what I've I been feel. concerned about, and and it's just a feeling, and so I'm wary to like vocalize it, but it. I feel like he's a type of person who does not have a lot of empathy. And I don't think yeah. he's a bad person. Like he doesn't seem evil, if that makes sense. Like he doesn't seem right. like he has. But he just doesn't reach the level head. of empathy required to be a good president and to have yeah, good yeah. policies. Yeah. Like he could be a really good CEO at some really terrible company that, you know, doesn't pay its workers. <laughs> right. <laughs> he could be the Uber CEO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he would be a good um businessman but the thing is that you know he um his campaign is basically a lot of platitudes um when he says he supports policies he's basically signing on to other people's policy proposals he hasn't really yeah. fleshed out any policy ideas of his own like Sanders or Warren have done i was really fascinated because i just yesterday before i read this article um I had watched his interview on the radio program, The Breakfast Club. Mm. It's on YouTube, um, Mm -hmm. like a video of it. And it's interesting to watch him talk to those folks. And because Bernie Sanders was just there like a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And the big kerfuffle that Bernie Sanders had was they asked him about, well, what about reparations? Right. And Bernie Sanders, because he's Bernie Sanders, didn't have the most articulate explanation, you know, yeah, of, of, right. of his view on these things, which mm-hmm. is, un- which is unfortunate. And it's something that he's got to work on and fix. Um, right. But, you know, he did say like, I think we got to get on, you know, representative Clyburn Clyburn's, uh, what is it? 10, 20, 30. Is that what it's called? Uh, like, I don't he's got, know. Clyburn's got this plan about, you know, how we can spend federal funds to target um right. minorities basically and as an aside i think it's interesting that people have asked sanders about reparations but i don't think i've seen much from 
about any other candidate being oh, asked well, about reparations. They asked, so so uh, one of the hosts, Charlemagne the God, that's <laughs> mm. he asked Mr. The uh, God. Mr. The God asked Pete Buttigieg the same question. And his response when Sanders was saying that was he was kind of like Charlemagne was kind of like, uh, I don't know. But it was funny because Pete Buttigieg gave almost the exact same answer, like word for word. Like I would be, I might just edit the two responses right. together <laughs> and you can see that it's basically the same response, mm-hmm. but the reception of the way Mayor Pete said it, because Mayor Pete said it in a little bit, he, he put a little better positive spin on it. And he, yeah. even, he even said, and that's why we need to do Rep Clyburn's 1020. Like he, he's, he, he, promoted the same policy that Bernie Sanders had been promoting. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't even come up with an original (laughs) solution. And he he had, he knew this was coming. You know what I mean? He could see that Bernie Sanders got in trouble for this. I better prepare. And instead of preparing and coming up with his own, you know, better answer, he just did Mm -hmm. the same answer, but smoother. And they ate it up. Uh, yeah, and I think that's the thing about Buttigieg's campaign. To me, it seems like it's everything is very focus grouped. You know, it's all been, it's it's over polished, and it's all very yeah, calculated. I don't know if it is. I think he's just really smart, and well, like, I think he knows how to say the things that people want to hear. Yeah, um, in a way that makes them not think too much deeper about it. If yeah, that makes maybe. Sense. But it's all he has. He has a very keen sense for what people want to hear, as you mentioned yeah. earlier. Um, and that's the thing. That's the thing about his 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 campaign is that it seems to be. You know, he's he's talking about all these progressive policy proposals, and he's saying all of the right things about values and stuff like that. But he doesn't really represent any of those things. And kind of the yeah. reason that he seems to be becoming so popular is because. A lot of people know that, and they know that he kind of won't threaten their position in the same way that Bernie Sanders might, right? Because it's he's not going to make, you know, a whole lot of waves if he does become president. Their position will right. be safe, which is really insidious. It's just, oh my god, yeah, it's really bad. But but the, I think the question to ask yourself about Mayor Pete is like, what did he do first, like? Almost every one of these Democratic candidates has something that they've brought to the table that they're kind of like first on or that they've kind of right. led the pack on. Mm-hmm. What is Mayor Pete's? Beto was the first to stand on a table, I guess. <laughs> well, Beto was the first uh, to, to. Beto was to the almost- first to publicly talk about how his wife didn't actually want him to run, but he was going to do it anyway. <laughs> He was the first to take a picture with a really sad looking dog. (laughs) I think Beto um, was, was the first honestly to show that you could gain a big amount of grassroots momentum in a red state. Yeah. And I think that's, I think is good deal. Although what I've said though, is I think that Beto would have made a good Senator for Texas, but I yeah. I don't think he makes a good president for the country at all. And I really don't position. all of the stuff that's like his whole profile about talking about being born to be in the campaign and yeah. how 
and there's you know there's been stuff that's been uncovered about him like talking about how his wife parents his children with his occasional help and stuff like that and just like he's Beto is such an egotist it seems to me and he really only cares about himself and it just it's felt very icky to me I just don't he, he I seems think like maybe a bad what he was person, shooting for I felt I sorry think, for his kids <laughs> I think what he was shooting for was to be uh self-effacing to be like um well it didn't work <laughs> yeah yeah it didn't, it didn't it didn't work it just came off as like admitting <clears throat> to being bad yeah it's like i'm actually a horrible father yeah. what the hell you know? kind of country is this where i can only hate a man if he's white yeah so i don't know you know beto is yeah i don't know the thing but this is the thing we have we have so many candidates now it's it's getting a little bit ridiculous it's getting insane well yeah. but so the th- the takeaway the thing that i want to kind of talk about this like it's i mean it's okay to, to have a podcast and we talk about like we we just dump on this <laughs> right. this person and be like here's why they're problematic here's why here's why we have a problem with them but like to get into the what is it about them and then how do we see that in the larger world um i think is important and how do we see that in ourselves right how how can how have we maybe you know hopefully averted the same problems but it just comes down to privilege is what it is Mm -hmm. and and i think that being a good person especially especially now but just being a good person involves recognizing the advantages and and the the amount of luck that you've had in your life and and acknowledging that Mm-hmm. And working to give other people the opportunities that they've missed that you had, you know, yeah. the, the reason theoretically we would want to live in a world where certain people aren't just privileged above other people. You know what I mean? Like if we could right. have, if we could live in a Star Trek, <laughs> you yeah. know, space communism world or something where, where, mm-hmm. you know, everyone kind of like has their basic needs met and and the world is like you know kind of fair basically mm-hmm. um unless like some borgs come to town or something like <laughs> yeah we 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 we'd want we want to like but that's not the world that we live in <laughs> yeah well but yeah that's the kind of candidate i want is someone who understands what privilege is and how it's benefited them and he just doesn't instead he seems like the sort of manifestation the end product of such privilege is that here it's produced yet another, you know, person who thinks that they're fit to be the president and thinks they sort of deserve that role. Yeah. And, and, and they're not going to, they're not going to change anything. Like I think, I think right. They're, people, they're not going to change the system because they kind of can't imagine it being any other way. Because, and because they haven't ever had to really deal with, the business end of that system yeah they don't they don't really understand the you know the downsides of the system because they've never had to experience those like you know reading that article and reading about the whole oh you know tearing down houses things if they don't meet up to certain codes and stuff i mean that that brought flashbacks to me of when i was younger and and you know we were always <laughs> we were always the poor family in the neighborhood wherever we were at. We were always the ones that everyone else in the neighborhood was like saw as a blight, 
Yeah, sneering <laughs> because, at kind of thing. Yeah, because we were poor and, you know, because, you know, the kids were running around tearing everything up or whatever. We didn't, mm-hmm. you know, we, we would never survive like a HOA situation. Like, because <laughs> all of that takes money and all of that right. is about weeding out a certain kind of people because it takes a huge, tremendous amount of money to maintain a property in a certain way, right? Right. In so, accordance with, you know, what is considered socially acceptable. Right. So like having a lawn and the lawn has to be mowed every every single week. And Free if you don't have weeds. time, I mean, yeah, the, just like oh, there's all kinds of little things that 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 are not they and maybe not even purposely but what they do is they're exclusive they're they're well no that is the purpose right it is to exclude right people. otherwise yeah, it's you not apart. attractive yeah. yeah otherwise people don't want to live here right so yeah I, I, so like you know i had a visceral reaction reading about that whole debacle of him thinking like this was great yeah that we were, it, it, that we were it was using very tone deaf yeah. I mean, I've experienced that. I've had, you know, we've had the police come over and been like, oh, you've been reported or we get we get tickets, or, you know, for sure. stupid things mm-hmm. <laughs> that, right. you know, other people are breaking the rule, but they don't have that. Nobody's phoning it in on them. <laughs> They're phoning right. it on us because we're the yeah. boys. But yeah, you know, I guess that's just that's that's my feelings. I'm I'm coming out officially. I am not a Mayor Pete Stan. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to read the book <laughs> so that I, I feel yeah, like you, I should you have You let something. me know if, if there's anything. Yeah. You know, I don't know if this article was one particularly one-sided. Yeah, and, and I'll come back. I, I mean, I it's funny because I bought the book like a couple days before I saw this article. And I was like, oh, well, great. Now I don't want to read the book, but I will. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was like kind of excited, but. I just think, the little screenshot that he included in the article of the index of the book is kind of illuminating in and of itself. <laughs> maybe it's just a really big index. Maybe the rest of the index. <laughs> I did, maybe so. Could be. Could be. I yeah. don't believe it will. So I think the moral of the story is don't don't be a privileged person who thinks that positions of power and authority are owed to them because you will know how to how to do it better without having actually proved that you can or having proved that you understand why it's not a great system for anybody else right don't act like you're on a trajectory you're not owed anything by the system or by people yeah you have to work hard and you have to earn it yes (laughs) on that note (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing I was not prepared for this I'm trying and I'm learning Thank you for your patience There's so many mistakes I have already made But I'm working to be better day by day And I think I'm gonna make it But for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing I have no idea what I'm doing